This week on the Restore It All podcast, we cover what could be the perfect archive medium for the home user and small business. Also, we talk about what's wrong with all the others. <laughs> so thanks for joining. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my spousal sickness consultant, Prasanna Maliandi. How's it going, Prasanna? I don't like to be your spousal sick consultant. You don't? You don't? Because that means that your spouse is sick. How's she doing, by the way? She's not doing too well. Oh. She's, she doesn't have COVID, so we got that. But I think she, I think she, um, I think she's got the flu. Like the good old, the good old flu. She, yeah. she never gets sick. Like me, I don't get sick very much and she doesn't get sick very much. And, uh, she's, um, yeah. you know, without, without medication, she's popping a hundred degree fever and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But she's, you know, spirits oh. are good. Oh, that's but, good. Um, I think, especially during the pandemic, the hard part is since everyone's been isolating for the most part. Right? Yeah. People haven't been getting like the common cold, the flu, like the normal stuff that we have. Yeah, and now exactly. that things are opening up again, people are interacting, right? All the rest of that, it's like, oh yeah, all those things that we used to get, yeah, they're coming back. <laughs> and she's she's convinced that she got it when I took her to go see uh, Top Gun, <laughs> <laughs> which, as you know, was my third time seeing it. Um, and do you have any comments you want to give the listeners regarding Top Gun? You know, Top Gun is a hoot. Like, I mean, if you, by the time this comes out, if you haven't seen it, I don't even know what to tell you because by the time this comes out, it might even, well, it'll probably still be in the theaters. Yeah. But, it'll still be in theaters. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it at this point, please go see it. I mean, <laughs> A, the movie business, believe it or not, can use your money. <laughs> and we want the, we want the movie business to survive. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of it. We, you know, we need escape, right? We yep. need, and this is as good as it gets in terms of escapism. There's some patriotism in there without being too overt. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, you know, there is an unnamed bad guy country. And um, for those folks who've seen the original, love the original, and think that oh, sequels never live up to the original, this is this is one of those rare cases where the sequel is better than the original. Um, there are a few movies that 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 accomplish that. I can think of Godfather Two, um, <laughs> Toy Story Two. Right there, there, there's like a handful very, of very, very few movies yeah. that are as good at, if if not better. And this is one where I wholeheartedly would say better. Yeah, it's a better story. It's certainly better plane scenes. Right, mm. and, and all the flight scenes are a thousand times better than I, I watched the original Top Gun the other day just to sort of compare the plane scenes. It's not even close <laughs> because back then. They had to film actual planes, <laughs> yeah, right. And now they film actual planes too, but they intermix it with special effects planes and and three D rendered planes, and and they just they just do things that just aren't possible back then. You know that yeah, that weren't possible back then. And the and the story's really good, and the acting's good. You know the characters are all good, and uh, yeah, it's just. It's just a good movie. It's certainly my favorite movie of the year. I mean, I don't know if it's going to get best picture or anything, you know, it's not the kind of movie that wins the best picture, but. And 
And here's yeah. a question for you. Have you talked about it on the other podcast yet with Jeff Rockland? I, uh, well, I'm waiting for Jeff to see okay. it because that, that is a, that is a spoiler full podcast, right? So we, you gotcha. know, we don't pull any punches. So we say it right in the beginning, spoilers, you know, spoiler alert. And so we haven't talked with him. Okay. About it yet, but okay. I, I, so for our yeah. listeners who go watch the movie, go check out uh-huh. the other podcast. If yes, you want to hear the thoughts is, of uh, things that entertain us with Jeff Rockland as the host and I as the co-host. So that makes three podcasts that I'm currently on. <laughs> um, so Speaking of that third podcast, yeah, you want to throw out our disclaimer? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yes, my employer is Druva. Uh, Persona's employer is Zoom. This is not a podcast of either company. This is an independent podcast, and the, the opinions that you hear are ours. And be sure to rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash restore or... Um, just go to, you know, if you're, if, if you're, if you're on Apple podcasts, which let's, let's face it, most of you are <laughs> just scroll down to the bottom. You get the stars, click the stars, give the comments and, um, you know, and it, it helps us. It helps other people, uh, find us. And then also if you're interested in the kind of things that, that we're interested in, we're going to talk about something today that this is sort of like a full circle. We, we, we got a guest on here because he is a backup anorak, which is a word for someone that, that is, you know, very enthused about these things. And we backup anoraks are what we're all about, baby. Yeah. And so we had, we had Daniel on Daniel Rosehill. Um, and then I, interestingly enough, I interacted with him totally not even realizing I, I was interacting with him on a, on a Reddit thread, didn't even realize it was it was Daniel that I was <laughs> that I was interacting with, and he didn't realize I was on Reddit. And then anyway, so we're good. The, the thing we're going to talk about today is inspired by the thread that I ended up interacting with on Daniel. So this this was for you, buddy. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so if you want to if you want to be on the podcast, if you want to give us ideas, whatever at WC Preston on Twitter or W Curtis Preston at Gmail. And, uh, you know, we'll make it happen. We're all about pleasing the <laughs> listeners out here. Since you talked about pleasing the listeners, if you have a topic you would like us to talk about, right, tweet us. Let us know. We're happy to cover it. Even if you don't want to come on the podcast to talk about it, let us know. Yeah. We're always yeah. looking for topics as well. Like this one. This is this is going to be an interesting topic that it, that we we haven't we haven't really covered. <laughs> I mean, we've covered bits and pieces of it, but never like this the focus coverage yeah so yeah so and and by the way i accept all dms on twitter so if you want to dm me just just dm away and um you know i don't have to follow you like the usual way so but uh what are we going to talk about so today we're going to talk about archival storage media archival storage and is there a king yeah um so we're going to talk about tape no, SSDs, flash disks, <laughs> USB drives. <laughs> you name it, we'll talk about it today. These are all the things. Printouts. And and let's just, b- before we get into that, let's just r- remind our listeners, I don't know, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to say, let's just cover the topic of archive versus backup real quick. Yeah. It's one of your favorite. Yeah, it is one of my favorite. Archive is not backup, backup is not archive. Backup and restore that is what most people think of when they think of backups, which is, you know, I'm backing up my stuff in case it goes bye-bye, in case I get ransomware, in case my my laptop just 
you know, dies, et cetera. Um, And that should have a relatively short retention. How long your retention for your personal data, you know, that's, that's a different discussion. Business-wise, I personally don't think it should be any more than two years. If you've got retention, and, and, and that's only because sometimes there's business files or data that's only looked at like once a year. And so because it's only looked at by once a year, you, you might not notice that you're missing it until a year later. And if you only had three months retention, you wouldn't be able to be able to bring it back. Or for some compliance purposes as well. Well, which could for be for compliance purposes. I actually think archive is a better, a better um, solution, right? Yeah. So archive is about storing data for long periods of time. There are various reasons one might do that. One of them is compliance reasons, right? You might have to archive all. So if you're in the financial trading business, for example, you are required by the SEC to archive, to record and archive all customer communications. So chat messages, phone Mm -hmm. messages, emails, all of that. um, You're required to archive that for, I believe, seven years. I think Um, it's seven years. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? You yeah, I believe it's seven years. Yeah. Yeah. HIPAA requires you to restore stuff for the patient life plus something. I, I, I don't remember the yeah. details there. But the, which I always wondered about that. Like, how <laughs> do you get notified of when your patient <laughs> died? I don't know. Anyway, but today what we're going to primarily talk about is about personal archive because business archive it requires, I, I think, I think my differences for business archive would be different than mm-hmm. personal archive because although I think everything I'm going to say, you can Apply learn from both. it for, for business yeah. archive. But one of the big things that's going to come into the discussion here is cost. Mm-hmm. And with a business, you can, you can pretty easily have a cost justification, yeah. right? To, 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 spend a lot more money than the average user is going to, going to do. Yeah. Um, and so this is, this is about the stuff that you really don't want to say bye to, right? This is about your, I don't know, financial records. This is about your pictures of your kids. I lost some pictures of my kids. I hate that. Right. I lost some pictures before I got really serious about archiving my own personal data. Uh, I lost some pictures of some like trips to Europe. Uh, or these days with ago. smartphones and mirrorless cameras and everything else, right? You're shooting yeah. 4K video. These are and lots of data. You want to make sure you don't lose that footage, right? Yeah, and that, and that's exactly what happened with me. It was I, I switched the medium that I was using to create. I switched, you know, I went from that back then. You remember we used to have cameras. Yep, <laughs> exactly. When I was moving from from A to B. I didn't. I wasn't. I, I just got busy on the new thing and I didn't think about transferring the old stuff into the new thing. And before I knew it, it was all gone. Yeah. So this is about that stuff. Um, and so we're going to talk about the options. And I do think there is a, a clear winner here for the home user. And um, which if you're looking at the title of this, you probably already know what I think the clear <laughs> winner is, but we should talk about why. All right. Yeah. So, Let's talk about the options. So the first yeah. option I would say is disk, right? Uh, Can I make a crazy suggestion even before? Please. Disc? Printouts. 
<laughs> right? Just because, just okay, because so we for financial records, sure, or, or even pictures, right? Having negatives, just because we did have that discussion with uh, Stuart, right? yeah. And he said one of his ways that he had to deal with recovery was data entry because they had printouts back then, right? I think a lot of people do forget that, yes, having a physical copy and storing that, right, be it negatives or whatever else, is actually a way to archive. It is. I think it's not scalable. Well, we're just we're discussing yeah. we're discussing yeah. options, right? Yeah. Um not practical, it, it not is. scalable, not- but yeah, it's better. Like if you had printouts of maybe your most cherished photos, I don't know yeah. if you'd create a. I mean, I I'd, I'd need I, I've got way too you many need a photos full, in here. You need a house to store all the photos, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Out. But I, you know, financial documents and things like yeah. that. I'm actually in the process of converting my my paper financial documents into you know digital um, digital ones, and then I have to store those right but and so i think of the paper option as probably the most uh what's the word um flammable (laughs) yep you have to worry about flames you have to worry about water damage you have to worry about all those other things and they're all those things probably not the best medium for and if you have a bunch of paper getting it out of your house in time of fire is just not going to happen right um so from a digital perspective, <laughs> there are, uh, I mean, there's some mediums that really aren't av- accessible to the home user or even used anymore. Like we used to use microfiche and things like that. Um, but I would probably also even throw tape on th- which that. kind of tape. Sorry. LTO. Well, we're going to get to LTO. Okay. I, I I'm, um, but, but the first one I wanted to talk about, which is the one that most people probably think about is portable disc. Yep. Um, and I'm going to, we're, we're going to, uh, and I know the one you're going to ask about and that's next. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I'm just talking about regular USB disc. And I think that's a horrible archive medium. Spinning okay? disc? Spin, portable USB drives, you know? Oh, flash drives, thumb drives. Thumb drive, like, you know, these little things, little spinning Hard okay. drives connected via USB. I think they are the like least reliable things. Um, you know, I'm going to disagree with you. You can disagree. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think it depends on the drives. Right. So in my mind, I agree that because of, Everything else we've talked about, right? The fact that you have a spinning disc, you're probably keeping that disc right next to where you keep everything else. Uh, you're talking right? about backup. I'm talking about archive. Sure. Um, and because you need to store it for long and discs do periodically have issues when you don't use it for long periods of time, I agree that that's probably not the best medium if you want to keep a piece of data for 100 years. However... When I think about like what's available, what's easily accessible, right? Um, and the fact that just like in tape in the past, you would copy things over from one to another. I could see a case where, yes, I am using disk, but I'm only going to keep it for four years. And then I'm sort of going to move my archive, if you will, forward. I know you don't like that. I know you don't like that. I know you don't like that, Curtis. But I'm just talking from a practical sense. 
yeah, I just, I just think the fact that the, the, you have bit rot, yeah. the worst, the worst bit rot that we're going to have is on a, on a portable hard drive. Uh, the, the bits are really, really small. The, the stuff is hot. You can probably accelerate that by not having it powered on all the time. And by accelerate, I mean, I mean, um, increase the amount of time that it is not going to have bit rot. Um, but I, I just, I just think given the other options that we're going to discuss, sure. Yeah. The only thing that a hard drive offers is ubiquity yep. and cost inexpensive. Yep. Right. Yeah. I, I, I want to challenge your point about bit rot. I don't think it's the worst device for bit rot. What's the worst device for bit rot? I would actually say for that, I'd probably put a USB flash drive. Okay. You're right. Because yeah. that's got to be powered on yep. all the time. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So SSD archive. Yeah. Yes, no. exactly. Yeah. Just no, <laughs> it is not. This is yeah. Thanks for bringing it up. That's yeah. why I didn't even put it on the list. Yeah, but but don't even do it. Cons- yeah, people would consider it, right? But, and why but, why why isn't that? Why why is that the case? Well, you shouldn't use it because, like you mentioned, SSD needs to be periodically powered on in order to refresh the bits that are stored on the disk. And if you yeah. don't power it on, then it just slowly vanishes over time i think i haven't found actual numbers i want to say they say you should power it on at least like every six months at least at the minimum yeah i just in that, order just, that just sounds that. like a horrible yeah you know i i want an archive i want somebody I can set on i want i want yeah. somebody can ship it to somebody put Not it on the shelf and forget about it right yeah yep um so yeah that's so, bad ssd or flash uh usb thumb right drives. right don't use either one the um and then right after disk is the is RDX, by the way, yeah. which is actually disk. It's just that it's designed for this. It's designed for swapping in and, and all of that. I still don't think it's a good archive medium. I think it's better than just a regular USB disk drive, but um, it's it's slightly more expensive. But again, I did, again we're talking about archive, not backup. We're talking about yeah. long term storage. I think disk is a bad idea for long term storage. Yeah, and for, for people wanting to know more about RDX, go listen to episode one fifty six. Data Protection Warrior explains LTO and RDX. We had Pat Mayock from HPE talk about uh, both of those technologies. Yeah, if if you want to use disk as a backup medium, for example, I think RDX is a great solution. Yeah. Um, it, it's much less expensive than LTO, which would be the next choice. So it's a much better solution than that for the home user. And it's, it's a lot more portable. It's made to be portable. It's made to be swapping in and out and all that stuff. I, I think it's yeah. a great choice for backup. I just don't think that disk archive in any form that. is a good idea for archive. So the next thing that I think that we need to talk about is, is LTO. Um, there are other tape drives, but they're even more expensive than LTO. <laughs> so yeah. LTO would be, there are, you know, I, I should have done that. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to go to Amazon. And, yeah. Ahead, and watch. I think for LTO, it's not necessarily the cost of the media. That's a concern. It's the cost of getting started by purchasing that tape drive in order yeah, to be which able to is use why LTO. I'm pulling it up. Okay. This is really funny. I think it's like eighteen hundred dollars. When I searched, no, when I searched on LTO tape drive, the first the first two drives that came up were RDX tape drives. <laughs> um, so an LTO, I'm looking for maybe an older LTO. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're like they're like a thousand dollars. Like yeah. that's you know, uh, that's a, a new 
right? Here's an LTO six internal drive. Uh, yeah. So, so the, the drive is going to be very expensive. The media will be inexpensive. This is where it would have to be a, what I would think of as a power home user. Yeah. You need to have a whole lot of data. This is for the guys on the data hoarder plat, the data hoarders, mm-hmm. plat, uh, subreddit, yeah. right? Hey, shout out to the, the, the data hoarder subreddit. Those guys, uh, <laughs> you know, they store an awful Everything. lot of data. Yep. And and when you're storing hundreds of gigabytes or you know even terabytes, LTO baby, right? Yep. The the cost per gigabyte starts to come down as you store a whole bunch a whole bunch of data. And it's about you know when you start buying a bunch of hard drives that are that big, the cost goes you start up. approaching. Yep. You start approaching that cost of that tape drive. So if you can get over that, or what some people on the on that subreddit talk about is buying a used tape drive LTO tape drive um on you know the uh what's that place eBay eBay (laughs) and you know um and you can get you can get one for under probably a few hundred bucks um it's not gonna have any support or anything but anyway why do I like LTO over disc and again it's about it is much better design as a long-term storage medium. Yeah. The the magnetic bits are larger, the 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 medium is colder or or less warm. Um and it therefore will be subject to bit rot at a much lower rate than the than a disk drive. And yeah. and if you want to know what we're talking about, uh look for the what was that the tape drive designer schools Mr. Backup on Tape designers, yeah. Episode one eleven. Tape designer schools. Mister backup on tape with Joe Jernecki. Yeah, uh, that one really discusses bit rot, what it is, why it is, and why tape is much like multiple orders of magnitude better at it than um, yeah. than disc. It's the and the, there are challenges with tape tape as a long term storage medium, right? You yep. can argue that it's difficult to verify. Um, I would say it's not that difficult. If you, if you go with the, with the LTFS format, for example, you can plug it in, put together a a little program that goes in there and does a checksum on all your files. Mm -hmm. It's not rocket science. It's just, it's not, doesn't happen automatically, you know, automatically. Well, it does auto, it does happen automatically or can happen automatically if you're a business user and you have a large tape library you can actually tell it to go in and compare all of its checksums to itself. Yeah. And you can ha- tell it to do that on a regular basis. That's something that a, that a home user is just not going to be able to do. Yeah. The other thing I would say about tape drives is you have to be a little bit more careful in how, in how you handle it. Right. Don't put it next to a magnet. <laughs> right. But the same thing will apply for discs as well. Right. But yep. You just have to be a little bit more careful where you put it, right? Don't put it on like a shelf with a magnet lamp underneath because that will start a to... magnet lamp. You know What's the a magnet lamp. You know the lamps with the base that's magnetic that you put to the underside of a shelf. Sure. So <laughs> you never so I'll like say... in offices, like you'll have like metal shelves, and uh-huh. then so this is what we used to have at one of the places. In fact, Stephen Manley. Uh, used to yeah. talk about this because he used to work on NDMP and tape drives, but he would basically do tape backups, put the tape on a shelf, 
and then try to do restores, and he'd always end up with bit rot, right? Right. The tape wouldn't restore properly. It turns out yeah, on that the wasn't shelf, bit he couldn't. That was, or it was magnetism would flip the yeah, bits. Yeah. But it's because he would place the tape on the shelf, and below the shelf they had these lights that would snap into the shelf by magnets, right? So you can illuminate your desk, and that would basically cause the flipping of the bits on the I don't tape. know about and this so, story. I'm going to have to call BS on this story. I'm going to call Stephen and tell yeah, him. Yeah, call him. It, call it's just it takes a really powerful magnet. But, don't, you know, all you got to do is mess a couple of bits up, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, the... You, you know, you have to keep it out of heat, keep it out of sunlight and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think that's true of many, yeah. of many. But it's media. more durable than like hard disks for sure. More durable than hard disk and designed to be shipped around. And there's yeah. no spinning thing. Uh, technology and... It's yeah. just literally just a spindle. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, it is, um, you know, rated for 30 years and I'll, I'll stand behind that. Right. Yep. The, um, uh, and yes, you'll be able to get an LTO tape drive in 30 years. It, you, yours might die, but you get another one. It's not. Yeah. It's backwards compatible and all the rest as well. Yeah. Right? Like you it's don't need like to get a, the exact same. Yeah. It's not like a zip drive. Yeah. Right. Where they don't make them anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> zip jazz um, drives. I remember those. You can, you can still buy nine track tape drives. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're refurbished and stuff like that. Not nine track. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the reel to reel. Uh, that's what I meant when I said nine track tape drives, not, okay. Those were eight track tape drives. Those were eight track, the ones that you put in your car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the nine track were the, the big reel to reels that you see in all the old movies, but you can still buy nine track, uh, tape drives. You'll be able to buy LTO drives 50 years from now. It's, it's not crazy that that would be the the nice part with going with like a standard like that because they ensure that it's continuing to be supported versus right. some of the other technologies, which is more proprietary, which is once they go out of business, you're a little screwed. Right. Exactly. Um, so the next is, and I'm going to put them sort of, I'm not even going to include CD cause it's just so small, but we'll talk yeah. about, and not, not regular DVD, but talk about Blu-ray, right. Mm-hmm. As an archive medium. And well, well, actually, we're talking about consumer here. Yeah. So before before I talk about yeah. Blu-ray, I'm going to talk about. Nope, darn it! I'm going to I'm going to stick with my original plan. Talk about Blu-ray. So Blu-ray is like I think these are in order of betterness. Goodness? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, Goodness. I was just going to yeah. say yeah. <laughs> and the, the the nice thing about Blu-ray is that it's not subject to magnetic bit rot, mm-hmm. but the way it works, it is an organic um, dye mm-hmm. that is recorded on via lasers. Yeah, that's why you get and, like the etchings on the back of the disc. right, right. And it does have, uh, it can have bit rot, and there can be like separations and things. It's not a perfect medium, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I think it's, and, and I think it. I think it's even more susceptible to environmental issues than tape. I think, especially when it comes to like light UV, other things like that, it could cause it to break down much quicker. Right. Then they say it lasts. It is very inexpensive. You can get a, you know, a, a, a Blu-ray, writable Blu-ray drive for under 50 bucks. Yep. And Blu-ray discs are super cheap. They're cheap. Yep. 
and you and can I think make a about bunch 20, of them. And I think they're about 25 gigs, right, per Blu-ray disc, 25 to 50? I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's the biggest that they come. Yeah. And the just the challenge of that is, you know, how long it will last. You can have it tested. You can easily, just like the tape, you can bring it in and, you know, have yep. it tested. You can also make multiple copies in case one of them goes bad because the media itself is so this, this is similar to the tape yep. where you can make multiple copies and you can distribute them, put them in different places. Don't have them in your house. You know, yep. if your house burns down or gets <laughs> flooded or whatever, your, your precious stuff can be somewhere else. Um, the, what I was, what I was, thinking about talking about it i'm going to talk about it just really quickly there is something um that called the the sony uh optical disc archive and it is it takes that concept of a you know of a it it actually started with blu-ray it now uses a different technology inside but what it does is it puts multiple of these platters inside something that kind of looks like a tape and it works kind of like internally, it works kind of like a disk drive in that you put one of these, these cartridges, cartridges. Yeah, that's right. A cartridges into an optical disc archive, uh, player and, th- and, and it's reading and writing from them at, uh, you know, simultaneously, which is how it can have much higher write speeds than mm. a typical Blu-ray uh, disc. So the, there's only one problem with the Sony optical disc Cost? archive. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what one costs? Uh, I was looking at B&H Photo. Uh-huh. Pretty much the only place you can buy it. By the way, that's another problem is that it's only made by Sony. Yeah. Done. If Sony decides to get out of this, but they're the only one I know making it. So it's not like LTO. There's yeah. multiple companies making it. So if they decide to get out of the business, that's the end of the world. The uh, it's uh, roughly ten thousand dollars for a new <laughs> for the drive for the drive. And then and what then about the, the media? The media is like it's. I'd say it, it's 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 approaching tape prices. Okay, not as cheap as tape. Somewhere between somewhere between tape and RDX okay. <laughs> from, from yeah. a price per gigabyte standpoint. It let's just say. Once you've paid ten thousand yeah, yeah. dollars for the drive, who the gives? Media is not going to matter. No. Media is not yeah. going to matter. Uh, so I don't see that as an option for the home user. And uh, by the way, this whole this whole thing, by the way, was caused by Daniel asking <laughs> about the optical disc archive <laughs> on um, on Reddit, and I was like, dude, he's like, is there any way I can buy one of these? We're like, well, yeah, you can go to B and H Photo, just yep. take out a loan. Right. Well, and just given where he's located in Israel, dealing with all the import duty taxes and whether he can get the equipment or not, right? That's another <laughs> can of worms. I didn't even think about that aspect. Yeah. So, uh, but b- before we jump to, I think to the, the next f- to the yeah. one we actually want to talk about. Yeah, I want to ask you, where do you think cloud fits into all of this? Cloud, not arc- at all. The, hear me out. <laughs> you asked me a question. Yeah. No, like you have AWS's Glacier Deep archive. You have other storage in the cloud intended for archival storage. Do you think that the home user should consider those as a place to store their precious data, right? That they want to archive and keep there 
right? Understanding that, yes, bringing it back to the, from the cloud will be costly. They will be paying sort of a monthly fee for storing the data. They have to worry about how they get the data up there in the first place. Maybe they use like a device like AWS's snow cone to move the data to the cloud, all of these things. But we haven't talked about that yet. And so before we get to the next topic, I thought yeah. I'd take a break. Okay. That, that's a, it's, it's a good point. And I, I guess it, it, it depends on the, the amount of the data. If you're a very small home user and you got like, you know, a handful of gigabytes of this stuff, putting it up, there, there's nothing wrong with putting it into uh, the cloud. And I would definitely use something like Glacier Deep Archive and the idea would be that you hope you don't ever have to pull it out of there because it will be both, it will take a while and you will pay dearly to pull it out. Um, and and that, that's also not the only option out there. There are a bunch of them out there, right? Yep. And, you know, just, just take a look at them. But the, the concern that most of the people that I'm, that I think I'm speaking to today is that for them, for the home user, they don't like the loss of control that the cloud mm-hmm. has. They don't like the fact that, you know, they're only paying a, a small fee per month to Amazon or to whomever. And that that means that they don't have a lot of, of uh, to use a Seinfeld, they have no hand, yeah. right? To use a Seinfeld rep. Yeah. They, they, they like the idea of having it, again, this is an archive. This is my precious memories. They like the idea of having it in their hot little hands. But, 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 mm-hmm. yes, I agree that archive, it's good to have in your hot little hands. But... Wouldn't you want something off-site as well, potentially, for your archive? Well, again... Especially if this is your precious things, right? Your house burns down. And so... There's nothing wrong with having a copy there. If you can afford it, you can get it there and mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Um, It's just that the whole point here is that it's going to be a really long time. And I think over time, you're going to be paying an awfully long... Sure. You know... This People is a 50-year archive for yeah. somebody. People right? get surprised about the cost. Even if it seems like a very, very small amount, as your data grows, your costs grow, and then trying to get that data back ever becomes very, very expensive. Yeah. Cloud for backup and recovery. Absolutely. Right? For, for the home user, for all the users, <laughs> for all the things, I think cloud backup and recovery, cloud disaster recovery, I think that's perfect use for the cloud. Um, I get concerned when we start talking about storing stuff there for 50 years because, um, you know, you could afford that Sony optical disc. Yeah. yeah, You might be. Yeah, exactly. You might just take out a loan on that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And by the way, any of the medium, any of the media that we are talking about, I think you should be making multiple copies and you should be shipping some of it offsite. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're definitely in agreement there. Okay. So I want to talk about the thing that, that, that I, that I know that Daniel's been looking at a lot lately. And, and that is, and, and I'll, actually I have to thank Daniel for, <laughs> I wasn't even aware of this format and that's why, that's why I wanted to talk about it here. And it's called MDisc. Um, the original name came from the company. Uh, m- m- what was it? M- Malentia. Malentia. Mal- Millenniata, I don't know. <laughs> Millenniata, I think is that's yeah. what it was. Yes, Millenniata. There we go. The um, so <laughs> so I'm going to put the bad news first. So first off, I think it's an amazing archive medium, and I think it 
solves so many of the issues that we talked about um, up to this point. The, so let me talk about the bad first. The actual company that came out with, with MDISC is out of business. Um, the, the M, the Millenniata in MDISC went out of business in 2018. But um, it looks like the, the folks that, that created MDISC created another company that it's one of these things where, you know, the company went out of the business, but the people went on to form this other company. Mm-hmm. So if you go to like, I think it's mdisc.com. Is that what it is? Let's see. Yeah. MDISC, but that's disc with a C mdisc.com. It, it's the same people that started it. It's just not the company, not the original company. But so first off, what is it? Um, it, it is, it, it, if you just look at it with, you know, you just saw it, you would think you're looking at a Blu-ray or a DVD. Yeah. yeah. It's just an optical disc and right. it looks exactly it, the same form factor. It's yeah. Same form factor, but it, it's apparently close to transparent, mm. which is kind of an interesting, which given what it actually is, I, I find that fascinating. But the different, the big difference is instead of using an organic dye, they use inorganic material and essentially the, the way they did it, it is proprietary and it is secret, but it is essentially, they're, they're essentially describing it as stone, right? They're like, it's mm-hmm. etched in stone. It, it's an inorganic material um, that does not have the bit rot issues over time that the organic dyes do that, <clears throat> that the other optical platters use. And the amazing thing is it is writable in most modern, op, you know, if, yeah. they, if they can write a, a DVD, a Blu-ray, yeah. generally modern drives can write an M-Disc. Having said that, I, I, you know, I don't know what the full compatibility is and your yeah. mileage may vary and all that kind of crap. But I think it can be played in any device, exactly. in any drive yeah. that can read a Blu-ray. Yeah, which is fascinating yeah this is one of those things where this is like the ultimate sort of backwards compatible (laughs) how did they make something that's completely different but also compatible with what was already out there that's i mean that kudos to the folks behind mdisc and you know maybe we'll get maybe we'll get them on here uh i think daniel had actually done a podcast i believe with one of the guys who created mdisc I well don't. then, we got we got to get that guy. If Daniel yeah. can get that guy, we yeah. can get that guy. <laughs> we know Daniel exactly. Daniel, hook, us, hook us up, man. <laughs> um, but the so so, and, so so that's the big deal is that it's this inorganic material that's supposed to last a thousand years. Yeah. And this has been, I think, I read that it had been tested in France by some government agency, the DoD. Yep. In the U.S., right, they use this for thing, data that needs to be archived and yep. stored, right? So it's not like, oh, yeah, here's this fancy tech and no one's proven it out, but it's actually being used by agencies which have strict requirements. Yeah, and, and there there have been some, some independent reviews of it, and, like, there's some guy that, like, torched it and submerged it and stuff. It's this guy, microscopy-uk.org. UK. That's, that's quite, quite the mouthful there. Uh, he did a review of it. Um, 
I'll, I'll say this again, I'll say multiple things when you, when you kind of look at it, like if you're just, if you're looking at it for the, for the, with brand new eyes, the claims sound good. The website is meh. The, the website, the review website is meh. Um, and so you might like, cause when you, when you go to mdis.com, for example, they haven't had a blog post in six years. Um, they've got a couple of links that are bad. So even the guys that are, have taken over it, they haven't done necessarily the best. So why do I think this is such a good medium? Go, let's go back to LTO. There are multiple companies that make MDisc compatible drives and multiple companies that make MDisc compatible media. Mm -hmm. um, and they're companies that you already know, right? If you just go to Amazon and you type in MDisc drive, you'll find a, a number of companies that, that make the drives and you'll find, um, and by the way, the latest MDisc media is actually a hundred gigabytes. gigabytes. Yep. It is more pricey though. But right. it is there, right? I think it's like twenty five fifty and a hundred gig. Yeah, yeah. The um, I'm finding, yeah. So like, um, and they're not too 20, bad. Yeah, it's like 60 yeah, twenty five. For... Let's see, twenty five, twenty five, twenty five gigabyte discs is sixty five dollars. Yeah, and twenty five hundred gigabyte discs is two hundred eighty three dollars. That's a, but that's that's two and a half terabytes. Did I get that right? Yeah. That's two and a half terabytes of storage. Now, again, if you're a data hoarder and you've got 30 terabytes of storage, you're, th this is not for you. I don't think this is for you. This is for that person who has a bunch of stuff you can buy. I, I don't know what the smallest chunk is you can buy, but you can buy a drive for, you know, around a hundred bucks. They, they look to be a little bit more expensive than just your average uh, BDR drive, but, and you can buy the media and there are several drives. And again, the, the drive it's made backwards compatible. That's a really important yeah. thing. It's made back. So even if tomorrow all the new media stopped being made and all the drives that could write to it, stop being made, the fact It'll that you can work. read it in the existing Blu-ray drives I think is says everything. And that's Huge, what I like yeah. about this medium. Oh, totally. What do you think? Oh, I, yeah, no, I'm glad that Daniel kind of pointed us to it. Cause yeah, I had never heard about this before, but it is very, very fascinating. And if it could live up to the fact that, yeah, it doesn't degrade over time. Like I, I was going through and cleaning out the house and I just had so many CDs and DVDs lying around the house. I'm like, there is no way that this stuff will be able to be read anymore because they're all like, 20 years old, right? Right. When's the last time you tried to read a 20 year old CD or DVD, Curtis? Are we talking commercial DVDs no, or home, home burnt. written DVDs? Yeah. Um, a little while ago, actually, I remember pulling out some stuff that I had read. <laughs> yeah. I did. did it actually, some, were you able? Uh, yeah. Were you able to actually read yeah. it? Okay. But it's like yeah, those sort I mean, of things. It's, it's like, how much longer will they last? Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what deep, deep, the blu-rays i don't know what blu-rays are, are rated at um i think dvds not blu-ray dvds dvds are rated better but um but they the, you know they're so much smaller and yeah you know um etc but I, I don't know i, I like the the idea that it's an inorganic layer yep. um 
I like the idea that there are multiple vendors that sell the media. There are multiple vendors that sell the drives. So it's more at this point, the founders, I, I guess they're probably living off licensing, yeah. right? Because they're not, they don't sell the company that they're essentially, and, as far as I can tell, they're, they're just marketing the idea. Yeah. This and in I, this com. And I think that's probably the challenge to getting consumers to actually adopt this technology because most people don't even know MDisk exists, right? No. Just like... Well, that's about to change after this episode. <laughs> but I think, right, that's probably a <clears throat> fault on the company side, right? It's if people knew, I'm sure more people would be looking into it as a potential option. Yeah. <clears throat> they can start by updating their website and fixing <laughs> broken links and, you know, and not having six-year-old blogs that actually don't really talk about the medium. Um, yeah, the blog is, I don't know, it's a nice looking site, but the blog is not the best part. MDIS uh, folks, if you need some ideas, reach out to us. We will be happy (laughs) to provide you some input. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so far you've received unsolicited input already. (laughs) (laughs) Your website looks, but I love the, I love the idea. And I think that this is the ultimate archiving medium for the home user. Yeah. Right. Um, the, I, I haven't found it. I, I'm sure there's somewhere that you could probably buy a handful of these discs that you don't always have to buy 25 yeah. pack. I don't know if that's the case. It, it's probably way more expensive per disc to do it that way, just like it is with yeah. Blu-rays. But I just, I don't know. I just really like the fact, again, the fact that they made it backwards compatible with the regular Blu-ray drives. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's multiple companies that make the media and one of which is verbatim, yep. right? Which is, you know, the, well there's known. multiple companies yeah. that, that whose names that you recognize and there's multiple drives that, that to, to write it. So if you, if you're interested in the hundred gigabyte disc, make sure that the drive that you buy supports a hundred gigabyte disc. I don't know if all drives support that. So anyway, I think this is a good discussion. It I is. Hope, I hope you, I hope you guys, I hope you enjoyed this, Daniel. This was <laughs> just literally all for you. This was, <laughs> this is for an audience of one. Yes. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully we have more than more people in that listening, but um so thanks persona thanks for the chat now i'm gonna go think about my archive strategy thanks curtis yeah (laughs) and thanks to the listeners we're nothing without you and remember to subscribe so you can't restore it all (laughs) there you go that's it (laughs) 